Rino Vidal is our guest columnist for The Daily Beast, former attorney turned political comedian and writer. He's host of The Dino Badala Show on Sirius XM Radio. He co-directed the comedy documentary The Muslims Are Coming. His blog is The Dean's Report. More than a pleasure to have back on the show, Dean Obidala. Uh, Dean, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Happy hump day, buddy. Good afternoon. Sure. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Uh, you wrote a piece for uh, CNN entitled Trump's jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping hypocrisy over Bill Clinton, and I'm glad that yours was not the only jaw that was dropped. But does this amaze you that Trump would even go there with regard to infidelity, adultery, a womanizer, when the guy only needs to look in the mirror, A, and B, <laughs> you know what, Dean, I keep reminding people Bill Clinton's not running. I know they have the same name, and maybe people think they look similar, but Bill's not running. He's been our president twice. <laughs> you know, two terms can't be again. I agree. I agree. It's kind of it, it's odd. I mean, if you're really going to think it through, and if Trump is really some kind of master te- technician here or strategist, his goal would be to neutralize Bill Clinton as much as possible early. So when Bill goes on the campaign trail for Hillary, he's tainted. I'm not sure Trump thought that through because during the whole primary contest, it really seemed like he was just a gunslinger. And sometimes things went well, and sometimes they went horribly, uh, uh, horrible. And the only reason he escaped it is because the GOP base didn't care what he said. He would have been gone if he was some other candidate. But to me, the hypocrisy of, of Trump attacking Bill Clinton on this is not just his own baggage. Not that he just cheated on his wife. I live in New York. I lived in New York when he was cheating publicly with Marla Maples on his first wife, hanging out with her at events, and people saw him, and it broke her heart, his first wife's heart. I'm talking about he literally defended Bill Clinton against the accusations of people like Paula Jones and Monica Lewinsky and attacked those women. So not only did he defend them, he shamed them publicly, calling them Linda Tripp a liar, calling her evil personified, calling Paula Jones a liar. So it's beyond being a friend. He was like shaming these women in the public for years, and now he's turning on Bill Clinton is remarkable to me. Um, yeah, uh, and obviously, but this is not surprising, right? Donald Trump, to no. me, is the quintessential, um, almost caricature, only in real life, of a politician, um, which is, I will say anything to get your vote, mm-hmm. and I will say anything to win, and uh, you know what? I don't like when people say bad things about me. You say bad things about me, I'm going to say worse <laughs> things about you, and he's been very clear. He was like, you know, I don't want, I don't like bad ads. I don't want to run bad ads, but, you know, she said a lot of mean things about me, so... This is what we're going to do. Reminding me almost of like my eight and nine year old kids. You know what I mean? You know, it was, it was sort of like, yeah, well, I'm going to tell mom. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell mom. You know, and, and that's what he reminds me of. It, it really is. He is a petulant child. He's been called out a lot. The one thing that I really hope people keep in mind, Trump talks about all these issues. You know, he, he slams people. He releases an email by accident today. We just saw the political, an accident with the political that's going to bring up white water. Donald Trump wants to talk about anything but the issues. So he will try to distract you with these personal attacks and bring up things from the 1990s, because Donald Trump's strength is fighting on Twitter and in the media. His weakness is any understanding of the nuance of policy that a president should have. And so this is all he's doing, and the media keeps jumping at it. And, you know, there are sometimes I'll jump and want to write an article, and other times I don't, but the media continually goes wherever Donald throws the ball like they're a dog. And he throws the ball, and they all run, and they come back. And he throws the ball again, and they come back again. They're not setting the agenda. This man is setting the agenda. At some point, I'm really hoping the media does a better job of keeping him. Because remember, a lot, just a week ago, we found out he lied on national TV. 
about him having a, an altered alter ego. He's John Miller. Remember, in the 1990s, there's no doubt, he was pretending to be John Miller, a spokesperson for himself, talking to reporters. It, that was just funny to us. He could have just said, look, I did it in the 90s. It was a joke, big deal. Instead, he goes on Today Show, literally lies about it, and we forget it in a day because he then brings up another issue day after day, so nothing sticks. Not, not even his tax returns. We talked about Mitt Romney's tax returns for weeks. Donald Trump has managed to get us to forget his tax returns. I think they'll resurface that issue, I hope. But all we're doing is jumping at him at some point. And I'm not sure how we can do this, get the media to really focus on betting this guy on policy understanding. When you look at Donald Trump speaking like this, of course, this is a campaign, all right? And there right. are a lot of people throughout the world that, you know, are saying things and some holding their tug in case, God forbid, this guy became president. And God forbid oh. this guy did become president. This, right. ty- this type of stuff is not going to work with the seriousness of issues that a commander in chief uh, perhaps runs into on a daily basis. And I say that because in the situation room, he can't lie. If he's on the phone with Angela Merkel, if he's on the phone with leaders of countries like Afghanistan or Pakistan, um, you know, or, or even with congressional members, he can't, he can't continue to operate the way he obviously has operated his whole life, personally, professionally, and now politically. I don't see why he would change, though. He doesn't know any better. This is a billionaire surrounded by yes people for years. Everything he says is funny and smart, and he's the funniest guy in every room and the brightest guy. No one stands up to him. So he's going to have generals who stand up to him, and he'll tell them, probably, you're fired, or I'm going to bring in people who I like. Um, I don't think Trump is going to change. I hope we never have to deal with that issue. But, you know, it's something you said there, Leslie. Even the tone of the way you talk about Donald Trump and the way I do and others do, it's not like we've talked about other presidential candidates. GOP nominees like this before. I never thought Mitt Romney was a threat to the fabric of our nation, nor did I think George Bush was. As much as I disagree with George Bush and thought the Iraq war was horrific and many other things he did was bad, I wasn't worried for our soul of our country. I really wasn't worried that he would destroy the republic by clamping down on, on the media like he's already vowed to do. We're not even making this up. This is a guy saying, I'm going to change libel laws to make it harder to criticize me so I can sue you. Um, you know, the idea of the clamping down on dissent, his supporters, you know, I got a death threat because of this article. Now, I've gotten them before, but the idea that and I'm seeing more and more hate mail whenever I write about Trump that I didn't see a few months ago, his supporters are scary to the point where Donald Trump could be the dictator that we fear, and his supporters could follow along and go, that's what I want. And this nation does change forever. I've never had this. I've never said this about another candidate. That it's really he's a threat to our nation, and I really believe that in my heart. And it's weird to agree with people like Glenn Beck, who says the same thing. I probably don't agree with Glenn Beck on anything, but on certain things, now I'm agreeing with conservatives. This man really is a threat to our nation. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dean Obadala. He's columnist for The Daily Beast, and like I said, um, he has uh, co-directed the documentary comedy. If you haven't seen it, you should. The Muslims are coming. Check out his blog of The Dean's Report. Check out a lot of things. The website where you can check out that Dean's Report is thedeansreport.com. That's D-E-A-N-S. On on Twitter, follow him at The Dean's Report, and follow The Daily Beast at The Daily Beast. We'll be back with Dean and you right after this. If you have questions or comments, pick up the vote and join us 888-6-LESLIE 888-653-7543 American woman, still with me. American woman, mama let me be 
are back with Dean Obadala, columnist for the Daily Beast. Dean is a former attorney. He's a political comedian and writer now and host of the Dean Obadala Show on Sirius XM Radio. He co-directed the comedy documentary The Muslims Are Coming. His blog is The Dean's Report. Check it out at thedeansreport.com. Follow them on Twitter at The Dean's Report. Okay, so let's talk about, before the uh, we go on to another topic, uh, mm-hmm. this hypocrisy. You know, another thing is, I guess I just don't understand this ad. Okay, one, you don't have the money Clinton does. And this is not a good way to spend money, and ads are expensive, and you want to spend your money in the way that's going to be most advantageous to you in your campaign to get voters. One, this historically attacking a woman, and especially attacking this woman or a woman with her man, historically shows that voters, women especially, will sympathize with the woman. Okay, so all you need to do is Google, you know, the stats on that or the psychology of that. So one, it doesn't help them with women. Uh, women, women voters hate him. Even Republican women voters mm-hmm. hate him o- o- overwhelmingly and prefer Hillary. And some would just stay home. Some will hold their nose and vote for Hillary. Uh, because right. he, he, So he doesn't do well with women. This doesn't help him with minorities. He doesn't do well with minorities. His supporters are going to like him and vote for him regardless. This does not help him with Bernie Sanders supporters who may not want to vote for Hillary. And this does not help him with people who are independents and can't decide between him and her. This does nothing. It's the only thing I honestly I've been re- really thinking about, giving a lot of thought. The only thing I can think of, if there is that strategy, it's to try to neutralize Bill Clinton now because he fears Bill Clinton as a great politician will be out there and be so effective against him at the convention, giving a speech, and then on the campaign trail in the fall. That's the only thing I can think of because you're right. It makes no sense to attack the spouse of a candidate. And on some level, to me, there's a, a level of sexism in that, that, the husband sins, somehow the wife is responsible. Thank you. I said that yesterday. I said it yesterday. I've said it on TV. I've said it on radio. I've written it in columns. And I'm glad. And a guy, Dean, love you. And a, and a guy is saying this because, yes, it's sort of like I'm not going to attack. And another thing, it's like, well, if you can't attack her or her record and you're just going after her personally, um, that doesn't get you both. Um, and but but when you say he's afraid of Bill Clinton, I don't buy it, and let me tell you why. One, I I, I think Donald Trump is just so in love with himself and, and and a false sense of himself. I don't think it's possible. But that aside, Bill Clinton campaigned for Hillary last time around in 2008, and she didn't mm-hmm. win the nomination. So even though Bill and Bill Clinton has gone out and given incredible speeches for candidates various in various. Uh, positions, whether it's gubernatorial or the House or the Senate, and those people haven't won. So I'm saying Bill, Bill Clinton's one of the greatest orators, in my opinion, of our time, present-day times, um, and, and people love him, and even people that hate him meet him and love him, and everybody knows, even Republicans might vote for him if he were to run today, the economy was good and we were at a time of peace. Right. He had outstanding presidency, except for that blue dress uh, and the impeachment. Little blip on the screen there. Uh, even right. Ken Starr you know, who went after him is now guilty of something even worse and just lost his job. So, so, or similar, an accusation. So I just don't buy that Trump is so, you know, uh, afraid of, of Clinton. But I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy he puts these right. ads out there. Because this is, I think the young people out there especially are going to be like, so what? I mean, because, what, 54% of marriages end in divorce. Uh, tons of people have open marriages. Uh, there are people that cheat. And then there are people that don't even get married anymore. So I don't, I don't think they look at the stand by your man marriage thing the same way uh, one or two generations ago did. And perhaps, and I was just trying to make some sense of it because it may, it really makes, Leslie, it makes no sense. Objectively speaking, 
It makes no sense to attack Bill Clinton other than Donald Trump viewing this as a race to the bottom, trying to make him and Hillary their both in the poll numbers, unlikable, which is remarkable for Hillary because when she left the Secretary of State position, she had very high likabilities. And I think she's a much better chance of improving her numbers, while Donald Trump, up until six months ago, was literally a punchline. The guy was not a candidate. He was a punchline. You would use his name to get a laugh. And six months later, now he's somehow presidential. I'm hoping he becomes a punchline again. He really can't become more unlikable. But I think it's important for all of us to call out the garbage and hope people at some point independent voters focus on it because like in my article it wasn't just about donald trump defending bill clinton in the 1990s that made this so hypocritical i show i i linked to an interview in 2012 just four years ago on fox news where donald trump was praising bill clinton as a great guy he had just invited bill clinton to give a speech at mar-a-lago which he said went great yeah so if donald trump really believes bill clinton's a sexual predator who invites the guy to your private mansion nobody of course none of it it's all BS. It's all a lie. And and, and, and you're sa- and you're saying this, and you're saying this, and you don't have access to some information other people do not. Um, so I say that because you know you're saying this. This is, uh, you know, common sense. This is like as plain as the nose on your face kind of stuff. And and uh, you know I don't under so so being that that's what you're saying. I think even people who don't support Hillary. Many of which might be saying the same thing. Another. So, does this hurt him? Does it help? It doesn't help him. I think we we're agree. It doesn't do anything, numbers. does it? I mean, the polls. We're so far away from the election. The one thing I like that Hillary Clinton, Super PAC, already started to do last week was to run the negative ads on playing the litany of Republican comments. Well, Hillary Clinton's Super PAC against Trump, right. and that was that was a good lesson from the primary because if you wait to attack Trump. He solidifies his supporters, and then he becomes much difficult, more difficult to, to beat. So this was his response. The problem is Trump is, objectively speaking, truly a sexist person. And I'm not even talking years ago, as I put in my article. I mean, calling pigs and dogs, we all know that. But even just recently with Carly Fiorina, look at her face and making Kelly's a bimbo, and she, you know, she's having her period and all this garbage. And so Donald Trump is doing whatever he can, I guess, as opposed to being silent in the face of it. But he's such a thin-skinned guy, any attack by Hillary is going to drive him crazy. I like her comment. I'm in Atlantic City right now. I'm staying at Caesars, literally next to the, Donald, the Trump Plaza, closed down. And there are numerous T-shirts on the boardwalk for sale, which mock Trump. One that says, instead of hope, it says nope, with his picture on it. Um, numerous people down here in Jersey where Trump is in Atlantic City. I saw union workers wearing Hillary Clinton shirts the other day. You would have thought they would be wearing Trump shirts. They're big, brawly guys. I'm like, these guys are probably Trump people. They were literally handing out shirts that said Hillary Clinton for president in the streets of Atlantic City a day ago. So the people who know him here didn't like him. He didn't help this city at all. Uh, and I, we have to reach independent voters. That's the only place Hillary's not doing well. She's doing great. African-American, Latinos, doing great with women. Independent voters and white men are her really the bastion of support for Trump. White men are going to, they've been going for Republicans, even Bill Clinton, I think, lost white men. I mean, so that's nothing new. It's independent voters we have to reach out to and inform about Donald Trump and what he's really about. And also dissuade the argument from my Bernie supporter friends, and I was a Bernie supporter, but if she's a nominee, I'm with her 100% passionately and proudly, that Trump and Hillary are not the same. They're not, it's not lesser of two evils. It's evil of Trump versus a person who I think Hillary Clinton who would be a great president. I just thought Bernie would be a little bit better on certain issues I like, but I like Hillary a great deal. And I'm very proud to support her as soon as this 
convention's over, it's going to be, I mean, winding down after next week, she'll be the nominee, presumptive, and, and it's done. We have to unite. Oh, absolutely, God! I think we should have united already. But um, and, and and I hope and I hope that there hasn't been too much damage done uh, toward that unity. Um, we will see what happens. But then again, because I don't, I think some people, if Bernie gets on that stage and you know seriously, you know, sits down and you know on the floor and kisses her feet, there will still be some people that you know won't buy his support of her or vote for some. her. You know, the one thing I, I did write about for the CNN last week. I'll- Bernie supporters of the future of the party, the younger ones. I met numerous ones performing at colleges. These are Bernie supporters. They're not Democrats yet. They were Bernie supporters. So the Democratic Party needs to bring them in. That that bodes well for the future. All these young kids out there who like this message of income inequality, dealing with that in college tuition, they're very similar to Hillary on the issues. And I think that's the case that has to be made, that they're really similar. And if Bernie makes that case, It'll really help the Democratic Party for the future, not just 2016, but in winning the Senate, winning back governorships and state legislatures, races, which the Republicans control 31 governorships and two-thirds of the state legislatures. It's not a good place for Democrats right now. We're lost on 2016, and we focus on this. We win this. Oh, we won everything. The party needs to be built up more. It's, it's really having some problems right now. Let's talk about what happened in California, if you don't mind switching gears. Um, There's anti-Muslim school bullying, uh, surprisingly, in California at a high school, and even more surprising, by a teacher. Can you tell us about this? Sure. I wrote an article for the Daily Beast about anti-Muslim bullying that, you know, when I was growing up, they were bullied. The kids, no one made fun of me for being Arab or Muslim. I look at a white kid. They'd make fun of me like, like, I don't like your face. They'd say, whatever, you know, typical things. Like, you're a dork. I'm going to punch you. This is different. There have been teachers, not just in California, and in Texas, in Georgia. One teacher said, oh, no, the raghead Taliban is here when the Muslim student came to class. Another said in front of all the students, in front of all the other students, the teacher said to the Muslim student, we all think you're a terrorist. Another said, get a bomb in your, your backpack. And some of these are joking, some not, but they're, they're really making other students feel like, hey, the teacher can bully him or mock him or her for being Muslim. And certainly I can do that. And we see that happening. And a national average of 20% of students report bullying. In a recent study in California, 55% of Muslim students uh, said that they had been bullied for their religion, from being mocked to harassed, beaten up, just because they're Muslim men and women, especially women with hijabs, being taunted, because that's just a head covering, but it's a visible sign of your faith. It's a very trying, frustrating time for, for Muslim Americans, especially the younger ones. The adults were fine. And the rhetoric of Donald Trump and before that Ben Carson and Ted Cruz really added to it. They've added fuel to the fire. And it's, I really I talk to so many parents. It's heartbreaking that their kids feel like they're not as American as their fellow classmates simply because of their faith. And no American child should ever feel that. No. Not, not, not at all. And uh, not only do we have a First Amendment that protects that for all children, but no teacher should be doing anything but teaching and supporting our children. No teacher should ever be bullying a child. No parent should ever be bullying a child. No adult, in other words, should ever be bullying a child. And uh, I live here in California. It just makes my skin crawl. A very great piece. I'm very uh, friendly with a lot of the folks uh, at the California chapter of the Council of American Islamic Relations. Oh, like was, oh yeah, yeah. Hussam, Hussam Ailouch is a very yeah. good friend. And, and, uh, and, and others there. And uh, just disgusting. And even more so that, you know, people think, oh, California, blue state, so open-minded and tolerant. You know, maybe, maybe not. Um, speaking of Muslims, um, let's talk about Muslim members of Congress who have spoken on yeah. hate 
in this era of Donald Trump. Uh, so the people are more familiar, I think, with Congressman Keith Ellison, a Democrat from Minnesota who is a, a Muslim. He was not raised in Islam. He converted years ago. And then Andre Carson, who is a Democrat in Indiana, who is also a Muslim. Um, you know, talk to us about this. This is something else that you covered as well. Sure. Actually, they're, I'm friends with both of those guys. I, they've both been on my radio show numerous times, and I've been at numerous events with both Andre and Keith. They're great members of Congress, and Keith is the head of the Progressive Caucus. You know, this is a guy talking about income inequality and all the issues that I believe in a great deal. And Andre as well, they're both great progressives. They're Muslim. They're proudly Muslim. They're proudly in favor. They were long in favor of marriage equality, and they oppose any kind of discrimination against the LGBT community, which I hope is a message to people that ISIS throwing Muslims, I mean, throwing gay people off a cliff is not about Islam. That's about ISIS. You know, so it's ridiculous. But that's the world we have to navigate in where we're defined by the worst people. And, and, you know, Keith Ellison and Andre Carson talk about how the words of people like Donald Trump have an impact. And I've written about that numerous times. And one is bullying. That's a symptom. The other is just hate crimes. There's a man, William Seeley, who I wrote about a few weeks ago in California, sentenced to 60 days in jail. Trump supporter, his Facebook page read like, read like a Trump speech, went outside of a mosque in California yelling, I'm going to kill all you people, all you Muslims. Um, and this is a guy animated by Trump. And... It's not just our community. The Latino community is going through it, too. There's, and I've written about this, too. High school students in various high schools, white students taunting Latino students, yelling, we're going to you know, build a wall, build a wall, and yelling the name Donald Trump at them to taunt them. And so that's, again, making a toxic climate for Muslim Americans. We've seen a big spike in hate crime since, since the horrific attack in San Bernardino in your state. Usually about 18 a month. We've seen 35 to 40 a month. You know, shots fired at mosques, death threats, Muslims beaten up, men and women beaten up in our country. And it's, you know, Keith and Andre want to, they're leaders of not just our community, but in the, the country. And they're trying to bring awareness to it. And most Americans, good, good people. A lot of times they don't know about it. And that was their, their goal to bring awareness. And hopefully it will open some eyes. Okay, so fo- so folks know, uh, Dean, I know that uh, you and I have talked about this before on the air last time you were on, but in case folks missed that interview or forgot, are you Muslim? Yes, I'm Muslim. Guilty. Guilty. That would be a question you're going to ask at customs if Donald Trump is president. Well, Obadala, Obadala I would know, being married into a Muslim family is a Muslim name. Um, so yeah. you, were, you were raised Muslim, but Dean is not a Muslim name unless it's one of the ones I've never heard before. Well, he, my mom's Italian, my dad's Palestinian. And my father wanted Salah. And you have a hell of a temper, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, the Sicilian side is much more. My Palestinian side is actually calm. The Sicilian side is what needs the tempering. The, my father wanted Salah Hadin, my mom wanted Dino. The negotiations turned out to Dean. And, you know, my mom was born here, but her parents were born in Sicily. And my mom is Catholic, and my dad's Muslim. I was raised with both faiths growing up. You know, as I got older, I gravitated more to Islam, but I feel a strong affinity to Christianity, and in fact, Jesus Christ and the Virgin Mary are very important figures, especially Jesus, to Muslims. So they're not inconsistent. The way we taught about it in the media, the media makes you think like Islam is at odds with Christianity when Jesus is a very, very important figure in Christianity. I've talked to numerous imams who are you know, Islamic clerics saying, if I'm not a follower of Jesus, I can't view myself as a good Muslim. So, and Virgin Mary is the most talked about woman in the entire Quran, and she's praised. I have a cousin named Miriam. I just saw a few days ago, that named after Mary, after the Virgin Mary. And I have cousins named uh, Musa, who was named after Moses. And 
friends named Isa. Yeah, I have a niece who was just born named Sarah, who is Abraham's wife and the mother of uh, all Jewishness, right? Um, uh, Thank you for joining us. We'll have you on again, Dean. Always a pleasure. Dean Obadala, a columnist for the Daily Beast. His website is thedeansreport.com. He co-directed the comedy documentary, the, 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 I was going to say cockumentary. That's a new word. What do you like? A comedy documentary combo. Comedy documentary, The Muslims Are Coming. His blog is The Dean's Report. Follow him on Twitter, at The Dean's Report, and check out his writings at The Daily Beast. Follow them at The Daily Beast.